Ellis East Elementary School walkthrough, May 18th. Classroom 1A. I am entering classroom 1A. The room echoes more than the kindergarten classroom due to its polished wooden floor. There are chalkboards covering the north and south walls and half of the west wall on the right side of the door as I enter. Below the chalkboard is wainscoting and above is a smaller bulletin board about a foot in height running across the entire wall. On the left side of the door, there is a bulletin board that is the same size as the chalkboard. The eastern wall has a row of windows spanning the entire wall approximately three feet from the floor to about three feet from the ceiling. The ceilings are high. If I had to guess, I would say about 14 feet. Audio Diary of Dr. Anna Georgina Plume, Assistant Professor of Architectural History, Hollingsworth University. June 11th, 7.30 a.m. Recorded in the former teacher's lounge, which is now my breakfast room. Well, this morning I found about a dozen new white hairs when I was brushing my hair. So that was a fun surprise. Honestly, I envy people who panic at finding just one. Anyway, I just finished my second night in the school, my first night by myself. No piano, no carousel, no weird dreams. Of course, the carousel was turned off, unplugged, and the circuit breaker to the gymnasium has been turned off, though I think I'm going to cautiously turn the power back on because the electrician is coming by this afternoon around 1. Which brings me to today's agenda. I'm going to first review the papers in the box I found in the library yesterday. I'm also going to explore the lockers. Look, I know the whole cubbyhole's clue is probably nothing, but I want to follow up on it. Plus, the lockers do remain uncharted territory, so they could be empty, or they could be full of junk that I'll need to dispose of. Then I'm going to work in the office, take the dogs outside, and then make some lunch, and then, as previously stated, the electrician. After that, I'm taking the afternoon off to just relax for the first time since I've moved in. I'll finish up the office tomorrow morning, but after the electrician, I think I'll just read in the formal living room and I may watch a movie in the informal living room before bedtime. A couple more mornings and I should have the office, the library, and the archive all in order, and I should be able to start writing in earnest. Audio Diary of Dr. Anna Georgina Plume, June 11th, 10 a.m. Recorded in the library. Inventory of objects I've found in the lockers. A student journal labeled Sydney N, grade three. Three keys on a key ring, unlabeled. An envelope with three baby teeth in it, made only slightly less creepy by the fact that it has for the tooth fairy in an adult's handwriting on the outside of the envelope. Four pieces of what I'm assuming are costume jewelry, two bracelets, a ring, and an earring, 
scattered across four different lockers. Two softballs, a baseball, and a tennis racket, all in the same locker. A teacher's lesson plan book dated 2016, no grades, but a seating chart. Another notebook dated 1950, which appears to be a book of herbal remedies. Assorted craft supplies, including beads, paintbrushes, and a box of colored pencils. An assortment of papers with writing on them, which I have not read, but I'm assuming are student notes based on the handwriting. A formal black dress, black velvet pumps, and a lace shawl. Dress size medium, shoes size seven and a half. Seven candles, four burnt, three not. I have gathered all of these items into a box on the library table. I'm going to sort through them and decide what to do with them later. I'm now sitting at Nana's desk, I mean the front desk of the library, and I'm prepared to explore the box I found in here yesterday. I'm opening it now. It appears to be a collection of library supplies. Sign out cards, card catalog cards, the pockets that hold the cards in the books, book repair supplies. There is also a note here on a scrap of paper. Hobbs, 1885 to 1959, Elizabeth Peabody, Uncoil Aegis, Cedar Chest in Basement. That is weird. I'll look up these things and also see if there really is a cedar chest in the basement. Audio Diary of Dr. Anadronina Plume, June 11th, 12.15pm, recorded at the kitchen table while lunch is cooking. Well, that was weird. I had put the dogs outside in the side yard for a while, and when I went out to get them, I noticed some movement by the front gate. I walked over to the edge of the side yard to get a better look and noticed there was a woman standing at the front gate. She did not seem to be trying to get in, but she was looking at the gate quite intently. I caught my skirt while letting myself out of the dog yard to go see what she was doing, and then I almost twisted my ankle on a patch of uneven ground. She didn't seem to react to this. There was something familiar about this woman. She was about six feet tall with dark hair, immaculately styled in a fashion reminiscent to Catherine Deneuve and the Hunger. She had sparkling green eyes, and she was dressed in matching colors in a dress that at once felt timeless, yet old-fashioned, but obviously tailored, possibly bespoke. I feel like I've seen her before, but 
I can't place her outside of the fact that it seems like I've seen her here at the school. I asked her if I could help, to which she replied, I'm sorry, I've been away for a couple of years and I thought I would visit the old school. I did not realize it had been sold. Her voice had an accent I couldn't place. It was the accent of someone whose first language was English. It wasn't British, but I would definitely describe it as aristocratic. I asked her name. She paused for a moment and replied, I was just wondering if you had found my necklace. I asked where she would have left it and what it looked like, and if she had contact information for if I found it. I reached into my pocket for a pen and paper, but there wasn't any, so I told her I would be right back. She agreed with me, but she was gone when I returned. Could she have just been trying to get into the school? Yet, I could have sworn I've seen her here before. Here, at the school. Note to self. Find old yearbooks to see if I can verify her identity. Audio Diary of Dr. Anna Georgina Plume, June 11th, 2 p.m. Recorded in my formal living room, formerly classroom 1C. The electrician has come and gone, and apparently nothing is wrong with the electrical system. In fact, she seemed quite impressed that it doesn't require any updating, as she expected the building to be wired in knob and tube, which would have been common practice when the building was built, but apparently the wiring has been modernized. She could not say why the carousel kept turning on, though she also inspected its wiring and says that is also in order. So... Something is happening there? She had no real hypothesis as to what. I thought perhaps a draft could have knocked the switch loose, but that does not seem to be very plausible. I need to keep an eye on this and update further. The realization that I own the school has set in. I mean, I've been adjusting to being aware of this, but new dimensions of realizing it continue to emerge. For example, I don't need to keep the walls white. Obviously, I'm not making many structural changes to the school beyond the improvements to the downstairs restrooms, but it might be worth a coat of paint in a few of the rooms. I've settled on a soft blush-colored sofa and love seat, and a white and soft pink-striped wing-back chair in this formal living room. So I'm thinking of painting it a rich emerald green on three of the walls with a peacock wallpaper of a similar color scheme on the last wall, which would make a nice contrast. In the dining room, I'm thinking a deep navy on three walls and a contrasting light blue hydrangea pattern on the final wall. 
The dining room table, chairs, and cabinetry are all a cherry mahogany, so the light blue would lighten things up. I'm uncertain what to do with my bedroom currently. I've got a couple ideas that I'll tape up to see which I like best. I forgot to update yesterday, but the contractor came by to discuss the bathroom project. They are able to start tomorrow, and they estimate it will take about a month to put everything together. The upside is the floors and the lower half of the walls have a tile pattern that is worth keeping, but the downside is they'll need to remove the stalls and all but one of the toilets and build the shower from scratch and install the cloth tub, which is all new plumbing work. The target completion date is July 12th. Audio Diary of Dr. Anna Georgina Plume, June 11th, 4.45 p.m. Recorded in my home office, formerly Classroom 1A. When I was in first grade, my best friend was a boy named George. He wasn't in my class, but we met at recess on the first day of school. I was trying to muster up the courage to get back on the merry-go-round after the previous year's debacle, when I noticed there was someone in front of me. A short boy with dark brown hair and dark eyes. He introduced himself as George and said I looked scared. He wasn't mean or teasing about it, though. He then encouraged me to come with him. He had something to show me. We walked over to the trees on the eastern edge of the schoolyard, on the opposite end of the sports field from the school. These were, and still are, giant oak trees with large gnarled roots. The biggest tree is in the southeastern corner of the lot, and there is a line of five other trees beside it, all in a row. All behemoths in their own right, but slightly smaller than the first tree. He took me to the very last tree and showed me behind it, a hole in the roots that went deeper than I had expected. We reached in, the grass soft underneath us, and he showed me the collection of objects he had hidden there. It was a veritable mosaic of detritus, but for a child it took on magical qualities. We would spend every recess together, telling stories, making up adventures, gathering the courage to do things that scared me, namely the giant curly slide, brutalist monstrosity that it is, and the merry-go-round. Then, one Monday morning, George was gone. I had made a few other friends at that point, and the chickenpox was going around, so it took me a couple days to suspect that something was really wrong. Though we had spent recess together the last time I saw him, and he hadn't mentioned anything. I checked the tree, and there was a piece of paper with my name on it, and a silver charm shaped like a horse. Within a few weeks, no one seemed to remember George. I checked the tree from time to time, and someone else must have made it their hiding spot, because there were more objects there. They were similar to George's collections, but this was typical kid stuff.
Audio diary of Dr. Anna Georgina Plume, June 11th, 9.30 p.m. I decided I would take a, a walk during the golden and blue hours. I've got the dogs with me and I figured we could explore the perimeter. I'm crossing the playground right now. To my left, we have the merry-go-round. And now the seesaw and the swings. I'm turning the corner, walking between the maintenance shed and the curly slide. Now I'm between the last row of playground equipment and George's tree. I'm kneeling down to look in the hole. There is a folded paper here. No, it's a vellum envelope with something hard inside it. It's a silver charm in the shape of a lion. Continuing up the tree line. I'm now at the furthest biggest tree. The holes and knots in the roots used to lend themselves to all kinds of games and of pretend potions. We would walk around the tree hopping from root to root trying not to touch the ground. For about a year, there was a kite stuck in one of the top branches until it loosened. I have re-entered the school through the back door of the gymnasium and decided to turn on the carousel. It's dusky and the lights of the carousel give the whole evening an ethereal feel. I'm going to turn the music on low and just watch it and think. I'm having a seat in the first row of auditorium seating. reassuring that for all the things in the world that change, things like kids leaving little treasures in the holes in the roots of trees stay the same. I'm looking at the lion right now. It's about the same size as the horse George once left me. It's certainly an interesting coincidence. Diary of Dr. Anna Georgina Plume, June 11th, 11.30 p.m. I stayed at the carousel for a while. I turned it on and watched it spin for a bit.
I think if I wanted to, I could easily jump on and off to ride it myself. I might try that tomorrow. After all, what's the point of having a carousel in the gymnasium of the school that is now your house if you don't try to ride it every now and then? After that, Billy called. He had timed his trip to visit family so that he could also help me move in, but he's got the whole summer off and asked if he could stay with me for a while after he wraps up the family visit. So he'll be back on the 13th and stay at least until the 4th of July. He said he enjoyed helping me move in and thought it would be fun to spend a few weeks together. Plus, he was really intrigued by the building itself. It will be nice to have someone else here. Heaven knows the place is big enough. Hopefully this visit will recapture the feeling of when we were in our master's program and would go to the diner late at night while we were writing. Except in this instance, instead of a diner, it's a large school kitchen with industrial equipment. Maybe I should bake something? A cake? Cookies? Note to self. Text Billy tomorrow about food preferences. Use that to plan a menu. Anyway, after his call, I watched a documentary on Victorian-era gardens, and I'm thinking I might plant something like that beside the dog yard. There's a lot of extra space there. I'm headed to bed now, but I wanted to make a note of all of this before I fell asleep. Ellis East Elementary School walkthrough, May 18th. Under the wall of windows is a low bookshelf. There are a few stray textbooks on the shelf, including an open box full of textbooks that appear to be published between the 1970s and 1990s. When I was a student in this room, there were about four or five islands of desks, a teacher's desk, and a reading table. The entire room is now empty, making it seem much larger than it did when I was a student here. An impressive feat considering my former perspective was one of a child. On the chalkboard, there is a stick drawing of a cat. I exit the classroom and move next door to classroom 1B. Lavender Evening Fog is a fiction podcast written by Victoria Dickman Burnett, directed by Ben Baird, and produced, mixed, and edited by Nick Federinko. Executive producers are Ben Baird and Victoria Dickman Burnett, and the voice of Anna Georgina Plume is Victoria Dickman Burnett. Prince and Bear are the voice of the dogs and are also good boys. The Lavender Evening Fog logo was designed by Allison Dickman. Special thanks to Amy Yap for her advice on the objects found in the lockers.
This episode is brought to you by the realization that someone is not quite what they seem. This episode pairs well with an earthy rooibos spiced with cinnamon. <laughs> 